truth. Listening to Republic Broadcasting at republicbroadcasting.org. Hour one of the broadcast here on this Monday, the 5th of February, 2024. I'm your host, Richard Carey, and this is Beyond the Official Narrative. And I have with me back. In, well, his regular, uh, traditional, traditional Monday co-host slot, the host of Last Man Standing. And that, of course, can be caught every Saturday, 10 a.m. Central. And that's 4 p.m. GMT uh, over in the U.K. Paul Edward Stevenson, brother, good evening. Thanks for being back with me again. Thank you for having me, Richard. It's good to be with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, always good when we can uh, still connect, especially with me having this uh, shift in my uh, my uh, time slot here, making things a bit more, uh, well, challenging. So I, I certainly appreciate uh, any times when you are able to. So what uh, what is going on out there? I mean, you know, we have this... <laughs> widening Middle Eastern conflict. Uh, Our our friend uh, from around the station here, uh, weekend host, I actually have him on regularly on on Wednesdays now, David, uh, David Scorpio. I I really, I mean, I liked what what he was pointing out yesterday. I mean, that, you know, he's suspicious, really. I mean, this this larger Middle Eastern uh, saber-rattling situation, I mean, this could very likely be influenced uh, to some extent, uh, facilitated by uh, Israel as cover. You know, I mean, if people are afraid of possible World War Three, they're not going to be, uh, you know, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, just seeing the full extent of these war crimes in Gaza, you know, to innocent civilians. And, I mean, the more time that goes on in public opinion globally, Israel's really taking a toll, and they're realizing it. I, 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 so, yeah, I mean, I because come on. I mean, if it's hard to see how Iran could be left uh, in the dust in a major conflict. 
And that's what they, everything seems to try to line up to here. Sure, we have Yemen, Syria, what have you. But, I mean, it's mostly Iran is the uh, prize. And we know these Zionists, seven countries in five years, General Wesley Clark long ago told us about this. But it's the greater Israel plan, you know. It's, it's been going on for the long, from the Nile to the Euphrates. That would include at least a bit of Iran. And they've, they've hated that competition, I, Iran. It's just... Um, in the region, that is. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, regardless, as much as Israel might want that, I, I just I don't see how they'd be left hanging by Russia and China. And considering we don't produce anything anymore, I don't see a war with anyone China backs as being something the U.S. could seriously get involved with, no matter how much the current uh, Pentagon is filled with people who've never had a realistic era of wars you know, with with countries that are any formidable threat and and all the woke appointees and that. I mean, all that notwithstanding, I I don't see how, again, since China produces so much globally, we could really stand anything long-term with with anyone they they back. And so I have to assume then that this is really going to fizzle to some extent, you know, by and large, this is just fantastic coverage, cover, you know, distraction from Gaza. So what do you think on on that premise? Because it's just, there's no logical reason, you know, since we know how much BRICS is backing Iran. So what do you think? Well, first of all, I agree that that's what it's all about over there in, uh, in the Middle East. It's all about the interest of Israel. This whole idea that, you know, Israel are, um, you know, they're so uh, important for United States interests, it's, it's complete nonsense. They're a strategic liability, and it's just because of APAC and the, and the lobby that, you know, has bought and paid for a sufficient number of, um, you know, elitist politicians in Washington to to keep this whole thing going, because otherwise there are no... Uh, what interest could, could possibly be imagined that the United States has in that region? I mean, so, yes, it's all about... It's all about Israel and their interests, and they, you know, it's been on the agenda for a long time, like, as you mentioned, with the, the Greater Israel Plan to get rid of Iran. Now, the thing is, you, you know, I think we need to be careful sometimes, you know, of applying logic where it, it's it's misplaced in when we're talking about Israel, because these people are crazy. There's no doubt about it. So... They're full of hubris. They realize that there's a lot of they have a lot of power uh, and influence in the United States, and I think that they think that they can do what they want. I mean, they 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 had this conference after the International Court of Justice ruling, um, and they were calling for you know resettling uh, 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 you know settlements in the in Gaza. So you know they're completely crazy they don't listen to anybody they're full of hubris they're you know they really do believe they're god's chosen people and they are extreme jewish supremacists um and um so who knows maybe they think you know i think netanyahu's got his own personal reasons as well that they think that this whole thing is an opportunity to go you know all in like you know casino styley because this could be you know severely i believe it would severe severely uh, backfire on uh, on Israel. I think they they would be biting off way more than they can chew. Even just with Hezbollah alone, I think Hezbollah could destroy Israel. Um, and of course, they keep saying that 
you know, there's no connection between what the Houthis are doing and 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 Gaza, which is nonsense. It's completely connected. It's a direct result of what uh, Israel are doing in Gaza. Um, but they just keep doing what they're doing, just keep flattening the place, um, keep killing people, keep, you know, forcibly displacing everybody. And uh, I think at some point, you know, they're going to cross the line. You're already starting to see it over here. It's causing big, big problems for the Labour Party, who's got like, you know, I think I saw a, a news report today that something like they're losing something like 50% of the Muslim vote. For the Labour Party, that is huge when little... Keir Starmer, who's just another, you know, another Tony Blair. Uh, and there's no difference between Starmer and the Conservatives, really. <clears throat> just more immigration and more socialism and more stupid spending. Um, but, you know, they at least claim to be the party of the, in quotes, minority, which is, you know, still the Muslims. And they're watching on as Keir Starmer must be cursing the lobby for putting him in the predicament that he's in. And this is what's going to happen eventually. It's going to probably reach a point where it's just it, you're having the same thing with, with the, the Democrat voters and, uh, you know, in, in an election year. It's an embarrassment. So eventually they're going to outdo their usefulness, I think, you know, and they're going to have to try and find some other lobby group. Uh, because having a lobby group funding your campaign is one thing, <laughs> but when, when they're committing mass slaughter and genocide in front of the whole watching world, it's very much another, you know? Yes, indeed. I, I always forget uh, what the name was of the gentleman who, uh, maybe you remember, who who was that man? I mean, I know it's already past the 10-year mark a little, but who predicted te- uh, Israel won't exist in 10 years? Uh, oh, maybe Eustace Mullins, was it? Was that who it was? Oh, okay. I, was it, it's you who no, said I don't that. know. I, I'm just, okay. I, I'm just, I thought, just, I was I'm thinking someone else, but... Okay. okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... If, you know, if they keep if they keep doing what they're they're doing, if they keep like throwing their weight around, yeah, I don't think they will exist because they're just going to invite their own demise. Uh, and I've always said their, you know, their aggression will be their outdoing, you know, because they're just so full of hubris. It's they really are a, a, just a, a odious uh, bunch, you know. Wait, okay, wait. Um, I'm I'm seeing it come up for Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger. Oh, Henry yeah. <laughs> And so this was, let's see, 2012. So, I mean, what we have, it's been 11, now just barely going on to uh, 12 years since he said that. But, you know, you don't have to hold it verbatim exactly 10 years. He's thinking maybe the way the hardliners in there, these people who are dead set on greater Israel, quite frankly, you know, and uh, the... the uh, yeah accelerated speed for even people who are into just the whole protocols sort of a just Talmudic takeover <laughs> mindset. I mean, you know, many are more reserved, want to go at a slower rate with any change, you know, more like, oh, it's Stefan Steinlight uh, recommended for the West. And of course, I mean, white Christian Zionists are more in support of them than the, the, the brown people that are replacing <laughs> with, with their own agendas. But no, um, you have to wonder, I mean, if that's why, because of this greater Israel uh, hardline agenda, why it won't exist in a short enough amount of time. And that's really leaving it to question then how many of the of those of Jewish power in the United States and in Europe, you know, what percentage 
of the, the Jews in the U.S. support Israel or could take it or leave it. And the same in Europe. I think that's at the end of the day what it's going to come down to. Do they, they leave them high and dry at the worst possible moment. It might not be too far into the future where it could somehow crumble over its own extremism. Well, like I said, it's one thing when you've got the likes of Keir Starmer over here, you know, before all this happened, rubbing his hands, thinking that the British uh, electorate are uh, are finally uh, at the end of their rope with the Conservatives, and that's the only reason that he's going to get into power. But I don't think he's really that bothered. But when you have people like him, um, you know, who are now who's in a very difficult situation because of the Muslim vote on its own, and that that's just the Muslim vote. I mean, that that that, that what's going on out there is very unpopular in this country, and um, yeah, eventually politicians are going to have to say, okay. Are these people, you know, are the lobby, have they, you know, tipped, tipped the scales from usefulness to being a liability? And don't forget, these people will throw anybody under the bus when it comes to their uh, drive for, for power. So, you know, if, if they keep it up, it's going to be untenable, I think. And it's the same with Biden over there and people who are, um, you know, running uh, in, 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 uh, for president this year. It's an embarrassment. You know, they're, they're camping outside his house, aren't they, over there calling him Genocide Joe? There's been protests up and down this country. Um, and like I say, I saw a, a news report today that up to up to 50% of Muslims are saying they'll never vote for Labour again. Now, this could be devastating. Uh, this, could, this is a significant vote. And over in Israel as well, I think, you know, we tend to talk about hardliners and extremists over there and stuff, but I think if, if I'm to listen to, you know, some some of the things I read and some of the polls that are done, the the the, the greater Israel plan and the sort of the uh, racial supremacy is much more prevalent and ubiquitous within uh, Israel than just Netanyahu and Smotrich and these kind of guys. There's a lot of people in Israel feeling the same way. You know, even if even if they're not signing up to the Zionist plan, if someone wants to live in a country and they want security above all else. You know, that's why we're always wanting to secure our borders. That's why we don't want to be starting wars around the world, because it is a national security risk. People want to live in a secure environment. And so you'll have a, a certain percentage of the people in Israel will just be happy to turn a blind eye to it and say, well, you know, if it means I'm safe, well, let them crack on. Bomb bombs away, you know. Well, yeah, we certainly don't need to be involved in any of Israel's bidding, but it is just matter of course you know it's just the way they don't do most of their fighting with any significant casualties uh with their own troops that's what they have armies like the u.s for i see now though a reason why i'm also a far more um engaged in this u.s and iranian attacks in the middle east threaten major oil price rises well if my petrol's going up paul that's it now i really <laughs> Yeah, that, but, but, that'll get your attention. <laughs> right. We, we heard about this the Syrian oil field, uh, ocu- well, Syrian-occupied oil field where seven U.S.-trained fighters were killed, uh, a drone attack. And so, I mean, you know, that is, well, let's see. People in the pocket, though, you know, before people start thinking, you know, why are we supporting this? Why have we got troops over there? You know, because people, and it's understandable in a place like America, it's, you know, it's very far away from the Middle East and Ukraine. Most people couldn't tell you where it is. And so why would they, 
you know, people are already sort of preoccupied with just surviving for, mo- for the most part. So when it does start to affect them economically, it's usually when people start to have a look around and start asking some questions and maybe learn some stuff about, you know, the consequences of printing up money and, you know, supply chain problems and everything else. And then, of course, you've got, and I don't know how much coverage, if any, you guys are giving it over there in the United States. I don't know. But there's massive, massive, like really spectacular protests over here, just like really uh, unprecedented scenes of the farmers. They're like, they're, as we speak, they are parked outside the EU Parliament, causing absolute chaos in Belgium. And they've been marching on, on, on Paris uh, government buildings. They've been spraying manure. Like, literally, they've been taking their tanks of manure and spraying, on, spraying it on buildings and uh, government bu- bu- bureaucrats. And really, I mean, I even saw some scenes that, hey, you know, if, you, if you've ever been in the centre of Milan, uh, it's very kind of regal right down in central stations, very beautiful and pretty down in that particular part of, of Milan. And I saw some pictures today. There you have it, about three big tractors. Let me tell you something, Richard. <laughs> tractors do not belong outside central station in Milan. You understand? <laughs> and, and it's just, they've had enough. And, and this is all in the backdrop of um, the EU giving the go-ahead after finally, you know, and bribing and intimidating and threatening Orban into submission, another $52 billion, uh, over to the little crook in Ukraine to buy himself some more real estate. I've heard some about that. And, yeah, I mean, all, well, Western Europe, to a good extent, I don't know, maybe even some countries of Eastern Europe, but, yeah, Farmers from so many countries. And this is all about the scam uh, that is the uh, CO2 slash methane hoax, you know, related to climate change, uh, control and power agendas. You know, I mean, that's all it actually is. And it's pseudoscience, it's not accurate whatsoever. So, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I should hope that we can maintain some. Oh, you. What? Yeah. It's just, it's a whole. You know, World Economic Forum agenda, and it's just turning Europe into a complete communist little hellhole, where they'll get rid of any kind of self-reliance, and, and eat to the to the extent we're even producing our food, where they they'll decide what we eat and what they'll import, and it's just complete control. So, you know, these these regulations and policies have been making it nigh on impossible for the farmers to, you know, continue in business. Really, you know, where it's on, to the point that's just untenable. So. They've gone crazy, and I'm glad they have because that is a particular sector that if they just basically threw their hands up and sold all their farms, you'd be looking at a situation where Europe would just end up like China. You know, well, that's what the Chinese government do. I mean, they, the Chinese government over the years have just like basically told the <laughs> told the farmers, no, I know it's been your land for the last thousand years, but it's not yours anymore, you know? Right. And what are you going to do? So we haven't quite reached that point yet because that will be a bit crude. But essentially, that's what they're trying to do. It's the same type of thing. Um, it is, It is a, in many ways, it's a communist takeover. The EU is a horrible organization. It really is. It's just a it's, I think it's even worse than the Soviet Union. Because the more I've learned about the Soviet Union, I've spoken to some more Russian people and stuff, it wasn't all bad. Oh, I don't know. I... 
I may have to disagree on some of that one. We'll be right back, folks. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you've definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Back, folks, beyond the official narrative 
here on Republic Broadcasting. Richard Carey here with co-host Paul Edward Stevenson. And so, yeah, I mentioned how we had this, well, alleged, I I really wanted to add, alleged uh, killing of seven U.S.-trained fighters in this drone attack occupied Syrian oil field because it should be uh, pointed out, I mean, that some local sources have disputed that the attack took place, or at least it came near where Americans were housed, if it, if anything at all uh, it occurred. So, you know, this, and, and, and you have to see how this is obviously trying to set up the optics uh, for a tit-for-tat justification of retaliation, getting the U.S. more involved uh, physically, or boots on the ground, um, you know, uh, kinetically. Paul, what were you going to say? Well, you're right. And that is the imagery you see. I saw footage of it, was it yesterday, where these bodies draped in the stars and stripes uh, flags and the, in the uh, you know, the coffins coming off the, the, the plane and Joe Biden standing there grimacing like he cares so much. So that is the optic. It's like, look, you know, um, these, and, and it's, it's so predictable. Iranian backed this, Iranian backed, Iranian backed. Um, meanwhile, pretty much everything uh, you've got uh, in Lugansk, in Russia, a couple of days ago, uh, you had 28 people were were killed at in a bakery, uh, which is to add to uh, a, a marketplace. Uh, slaughter in an indiscriminate attack a, a couple of weeks before that in Donetsk where I think there was 25 people killed. And that was with the HIMARS uh, missile that just basically, it just it's a terrorist attack against just the people of Russia in that Lugansk region. Um, I haven't heard anybody call it a terrorist because otherwise they'd have to then be in the other seat. You know, they're always grilling people when you're saying, well... There's two sides to that story in Israel. You know, you know, are you supporting terrorism? Are you supporting terrorism? Oh, I can't have that. Are you saying you support a terrorist? So now, now we are supporting terrorists, basically, because the Ukrainians have resorted to indiscriminate terrorist types of attacks using Western weapons to do so. There's literally, there's no military targets around this region uh, that I'm aware of, and I haven't heard anybody report of. They're just killing all civilians, just, just terror attacks. So, you know, if if they think that Ukraine's the underdog and they want to say, well, yeah, we're we're now happy to support guerrilla warfare tactics, well, come out and say it then, you know, because they will, like I say, they will weaponize that against you if you try and say, well, you know, maybe those Palestinians have got like you know a, a reason to be upset, you know, oh, you're not supporting terrorists. Well, let's see if they'll admit to supporting terrorists with their uh, blind support of Ukraine. Now, speaking of Ukraine, uh, we've heard of these talks uh, with Switzerland involved now. So, I mean, suddenly after he got turned down from going to Israel uh, just after October 7th, uh, you know, wanting to get attention. But, oh, no, now is not the time, he was told then. And uh, now we have a Switzerland-Ukraine peace conference that that, that we're hearing about uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, there's talk now of, uh, well, he's trying to shift blame. 
onto one of his generals, it seems, over there, Zelensky, that is, in the latest... Let's see, what was the headline of that one? Well, he uh, tried to sack Zeluzhny. He's tried to sack Valery Zeluzhny. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, uh, uh, he's poised to fire military chief, uh, was the headline I saw. Amid reports, General held secret talks on achieving peace. So, <laughs> how <yeah>. dare he? <laughs> well, I think he tried to fire him, but he had a problem. And Zeluzhny and Zelensky don't like each other, which is probably hard to surprise him, because Zeluzhny is uh, probably knows exactly who and what uh, where his loyalties are and what tribe he is of. And Zeluzhny is a uh, Ukrainian nationalist. And he no doubt sees this little scumbag just getting rich off the dead bodies of, of, of Ukrainians. So he has tried to sack. Uh, Zelensky has tried to sack. It's like Game of Thrones over there. Zelensky's tried to sack him anyway. Um, but because he's very popular, he's had trouble doing so. So he had to like backtrack from that. And, and then he demanded that Zeluzhny instead resign. And, and Zeluzhny said no. So then Victoria Newland flew over there. And as I spoke to Patrick about it the weekend, I'm thinking, here's a guy in Zeluzhny. He's got his own army within an army over there of, uh, of uh, Ukrainian nationalists. I think he's quite sympathetic to the right sector. And, uh, you know, why is he scared of Victoria Newland? What does he think she's going to do, you know? Anyway, I'm glad to say that that uh, whatever she uh, thought she was going to achieve has failed because this tension between Zeluzhny and Zelensky continues and uh, Zelensky's looking over his shoulder, you know? Because mm. there's a lot of people don't like him, you know, within the Ukrainian military circle. I was never a fan from the beginning. <laughs> we'll be right back. Um, You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee... You have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 
877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. back folks beyond the official narrative here on republic broadcasting richard carey here with paul edward stevenson and well other news out there u.s national security advisor refuses to rule out attacks on iran that's jake sullivan uh, refused to rule out striking targets in iran in the wake of repeated strikes on Iran-linked groups across the Middle East. Alleged, I should say, alleged Iran-linked, Iran-backed. I mean, you know, again, they throw this label at anything. And so we have, you know, more saber-rattling in that regard from the U.S. Speaker Johnson, Mike Johnson, Republican, Louisiana, House Speaker, He's defending a standalone Israel bill. I mean, we already give Israel all this money every year. I, uh, I forget, isn't it uh, like it, in the billion category uh, per year to begin with? Four billion. Isn't it every year you give them? Is it four? Three point eight billion or something every year. All right, close to four. Yeah. Uh, but okay, he's the second time now. He's tried to uh, get this one to fly. There was an earlier proposal granting Israel roughly four, $14 billion offset by cuts to the IRS. And uh, so far, it's, it's been a non-starter. Uh, well, they're saying, however, since it passed the House, it's been collecting dust on Senate. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's desk, Democrat New York, as Senate Democrats considered the IRS offsets a non-starter. And... Trump was slamming a Senate border bill because it was demanding, and, and he's demanding it be a separate package. 
we have this tying to Ukraine funding. <laughs> the Senate's 118 billion spending package, of which more than 60 billion would go to Ukraine, allows 1.5 million illegal migrants into the country per year. Migrants, illegal invaders per year. Yeah. And so, I mean, how about zero? I mean, they're saying how many illegals are we going to allow per year? Is what gets me. Not not legal. I don't I don't know, Paul. It's it's just so upside down. The world so clownish. I don't really see how we can recover. Well, it's very interesting when you have all this this war talk. Because over here you've had um, you know various generals and chiefs and in, in, in NATO talking about preparing for war with Russia in the next five to eight years, and even our are, you know, this is uh, this is very much, uh, you know, uh, in in the news and the mainstream media at the moment about um, are we ready for war? Well, I mean, I think the British military now is all of seventy three thousand people. Um, uh, you know, a significant chunk of them will be in there not because they are the best fighters the country has to offer, but because of their sexuality or their you know race or ethnicity, minority status. Um, I mean, it's a clown show. Even this NATO exercise, there was one of the one of the British ships had to pull out last minute because there was a there was some sort of functionality problem with the ship, and there was a viral. There's a there's a little clip that went viral where you can see uh, two ships. I, I think out in the Red Sea where they there are two British ships. They crashed into each other. You know, it's quite quite amusing. Um, so they can't even like they can't even you know park two ships beside each other without colliding and causing, you know, thousands of pounds worth of damage to these ships. So so the militaries are not in any position, and it's, it's so inane and, and laughable to hear these people talking about, you know, the British talking tough against the Russians. You know, the Russians have probably got nearly a million soldiers now. Um, we've got 70,000 and we've got, you know, a bunch of old gear and we're struggling to find, you know, people to sail these ships and to navigate the, and to operate our equipment and everything else. Meanwhile, you know, when you've heard this being talked on in radio shows over here and stuff like that, you're getting two types of people calling in and they're all saying the same thing. I'm not going to war. Now, you've got the immigrants and you can make about make of this what you will. But they're saying, oh, you know, why should I fight for this country? You know, I've been a victim in this country of racism. So they're immigrants. Oh, you know, why should I fight for this country? People hate Muslims. And, you know, my grandparents were destroyed in, in the first Iraq war or whatever it is. And so you, you've got all these, you know, second generation, third generation, first immigration immigrants who really, when the rubber meets the road, will show where their loyalties lie. They don't want to fight for this country because they don't see it as their own country. And it's a very good way of learning where someone's loyalties lie. Is it with the country you're born in or is it your ancestral homelands where you've got, you know, a much greater attachment to you? And then the other category, of course, are people like us. They're like, why should I go and fight for this country? It's not my country anymore. You've invaded it. It doesn't feel like my country. I hate my government. I hate my c communities because they, it's like I feel like a stranger in my own country. 
you think I'm going to go on fight and die for this country? So this is a big problem. Yes. No, it, all those are excellent points. And <laughs> curiously enough, uh, my next story, uh, my next headline here, West Point, you know, the military uh, training facility in the U.S. here, popular one. West Point can continue race-based admissions for new for now. And that's uh, based on the Supreme Court's uh, most recent ruling. The Supreme Court allowed the U.S. Military Academy at West Point to continue considering race in admissions on February 2nd when it declines, declined an injunction request from a nonprofit that opposes affirmative action. The record before this court is underdeveloped, and this order should not be construed to express as expressing any view on the merits of the constitutional question, unquote, the order reads. Its language indicated that the court could still consider the merits at a later date. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there, are so many, know, there are so many ways you could take this uh, discussion, you know. I mean, the fact that they're not basing things on merit, uh, the performance of the troops. I mean, really, the thing that they have the shortages of the worst is uh, traditionalist, conservative uh, you know, straight white males, and 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 they want more of those, and and you know, it's taboo to mention why, why they 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 want uh, those, and as opposed uh, to yeah, well, you know, yeah, of course. Well, we often, I, you know, I was wondering, for example, if that particular attack happened at all out in uh, Syria or on the border between Jordan and Syria that started all this uh, saber rattling. And these strikes that have occurred as a result of these soldier, American soldiers dying, you know, even even it's very uh, you know opaque when you look at the details of that event. It's like they said it was um, what they say they said it was they thought it was one of their own drones, but it was a foreign drone. Well, it begs the question: Well, who were you firing a drone at? You know, and you wonder, you know. What what the competence levels are if this event took place that this couldn't have been foreseen that's a mistake. Now, I guess these sorts of things happen in situations with militaries and things like that. But you you kind of wonder. I I looked at the, again at those two British ships colliding, and you know it it it's it spoke a thousand words. It's just like there's the great you had the 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 um, defense secretary on uh, talking about the historically great. Um, naval power of the British Empire, and I was like, "Yeah, this is 2023, my friend. Now, now you've got about eight ships, and you can't seem to sail them properly." You know, um, so the whole thing is just laughable. Uh, and then, as I say, you've got this um, situation out there in the Middle East, and this, this this attack, and you think, "Okay, if that happened even remotely, like they said it happened, how was a blunder like that?" allowed to happen. But of course, that was probably as we would suspect, if it happened at all, a many false flag to get the the, the war drums beaten for, for uh, Iran, which is what's, that's how it's playing out. The bodies came home, you know, the president's there, we, we've, you know, we're under attack, Iran backed this, Iran backed that, all the while we back everything that goes into Ukraine. But of course, Ukraine's a good country, you see, Richard, that's a democracy and we must protect and stand by our friends and our allies to protect our freedoms here uh, as the farmers are essentially being put out of business. That's how free they are. But Iran because, is because an evil... Well, but you because, see, Iran's bad. 
Yeah, it runs the they're, they're, they're bad guys over there. You see. Yeah, they're they're really horrible, those uh, Muslims. I mean, they would just, if you walked into their country, they would just, I don't know, cut your heart out and eat it in front of you is kind of the way that, uh, you know, gullible people are sort of presented, you know, barbaric in, in Gaza and these Iranians. We need to, you know, they're going to take over the world along with that other maniac Putin, you know. And Ukraine stands for a WEF uh one world, uh, all it needs is love, uh, togetherness, and LGBTQ rights, of course. You know, don't forget about uh, the rights of uh, the gay and trans community. Uh, yeah. was, it, was it Macron who said that, that I don't forget what we're fighting for in Ukraine, fighting for the LGBT rights? Did you have a war for, the, for a bunch of homosexuals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you're basically you're you're telling your average white guy, you know, who's a native in this country, and then and then the Muslims who we've been spent the last twenty five years invading—that's why they're here in the first place. Well, one of the reasons, uh, and then we go and support Israel, and the Muslims are not. Last time I checked, they're not exactly too tolerant of homosexuals, <laughs> and and you, you think you're going to muster up an anti-Russian fervor here to go and fight the Russians? Uh, and so, but yeah, they're saying, let's see, they're going to keep this at West Point. Um, th- let's see, including the 2028 uh, onward era. Uh, so maybe a few years down the line after that, they'll look at it again. And maybe once they have enough non-whites in the, in the military, and I guess that's, they think their secret to success. And other, but... Still trans-related news, Dave Chappelle, a stand-up comedian, you know, very popular internationally for that matter. He's now got the trans crowd angry once again because he's won yet another Grammy, a Best Comedy Album for the second year running at the Grammy Awards, prompting the transgender crowd to go into a meltdown on social media. And so, you know, I love it. All these comedians who stand their ground against the political correct BS, you know, because they say you can't be funny anymore, you know? I mean, it's Dave Chappelle, uh, but it's a lot of them. I mean, John Cleese has been saying this for a while. Uh, I've heard Ricky Gervais cl- complaining. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't, be, you, you can't be funny because real comedy is the ability and the ta- and talent of comedians to point out truths. And politically correctness is based on suppressing truth. And it's so very sterile that it's almost impossible to be to be funny and to be politically correct at the same time. You know, as I say, the only way you can you, you can make fun of being politically correct that's funny, because you know then then you're into the truth business again. But you know everything they do is it's, it's BS and everything they believe and push it's all nonsense and they have to suppress it. Oh my, you know my daughter's transgender and nah, no she's not she 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 she's a girl. And and all the other stuff and, and multiculturalism is wonderful and, and diversity is our strength. Everything's the opposite, you know. Diversity is not our strength. It's a wrecking ball. Uh, your daughter's not a boy; she's a girl, you know. So it it, it for you to have good. This is why Ricky Gervais is very funny, but also obviously in this climate very controversial because he tells you the truth, and we all have to sit back and go, "Yeah, you're right, Ricky," you know. And, I mean, so we have a lot of things in the environment, um, chemicals uh, in the products, uh, plastics, fabrics around us. 
and the the soy. You know, a lot of things that actually do uh, feminize the males, you know, can make them more docile in persona. If it's applied over years growing up, you have to figure. So, I mean, then you also have the influence to be uh, this gay or bi or trans a fad thing, you know. I mean, it's it's the fad for the young people to rebel against their parents this time around. Unfortunately, it's selling this gender stuff. I mean, a lot of which kind of, it, well, it ruins, you know, your chance to at least experience things in the traditional uh, format, you know, uh, for the first time, you know, growing up in your life, this and that. First date, date, kiss, whatever, uh, a, a sexual experience. And then having children or, 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 or whatever. I mean, permanently, the people who are having their bodies uh, mutilated, and then they're trying to push this for children, even pushing to be gay for children. It's criminal for adults to be doing, but uh, to be pushing them to alter their body, it's just completely insane. Meanwhile, you have the women in the entertainment industry encouraged to be, uh, well, competing with men, uh, especially white men, if not uh, glorifying, you know, these, these female murderer and psychopath characters and whatever. And so, yeah, you know, uh, they'll, 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 they'll be talked into being, um, you know, an- Angela Merkel's of the future, uh, signing over our country um, to, <laughs> to, to, to blacks and more clergy agenda initiatives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, there's no end to the depravity of them, you know, so, cause it's like you had the homosexuals first being shoved down your throat, then it's transgender. And then it's like, I mean, I lose track with it. It just gets more and more depraved. But I saw a little story. I think it was, I was watching, um, I watched, but it was just a clip that came up um, on Odyssey or YouTube uh, or, or Rumble or something of uh, Candace Owens. And she was covering a story where so you're, typically you're two, two white liberals. Um, um, their great idea was that they wanted to, um, you know, engineer a disabled child for themselves. You know? So, like, I, I don't know how they would do that, but, you know, the, the, there are two lesbians, and obviously we're going to like give it artificial insemination. But they wanted somehow to see if they could produce a disabled baby because they wanted a disabled baby. That that's that's where this sort of stuff leads, uh, Richard. You know, there, there are already uh, lesbians and have uh, race mixing in it and everything else. So the only thing left to virtue signal even further is to have the disabled um, ably challenged. Don't be an ableist now, Paul. You're an ableist. Come on. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, this is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I so, think about the, Just think the, about that, even just purely from the point of view of the child itself. You know, we say they're disabled for a reason because they're, you know, they have certain disadvantages. You don't choose for your child to be like that. It doesn't mean you're not going to love it. But yeah, if you, you actually should... deliberately try and bring a child into the world with that sort of disadvantage, it's just disgusting, you know? Yeah, you, know, you should be able to use the word disabled. I'm sorry. And. You know, you can't deny that it's very unhealthy uh, to be obese and it leads to a shorter life. I mean, yeah, these things are not political correctness and no political correctness. The Hebo Tea Club's we'll Richard right Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. 
The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Health Simple with Cholera Shiloji. Fact bit number three. Shiloji is the supreme yoga vaha. Within Ayurveda, Shilaji is a singular substance that towers above all other herbs, herbal minerals, and earth-made adaptogens. Yogavaha refers to substances that have the ability to synergistically make better and carry other substances to its prescribed destination. In the case of Shilaji, most any herb, food, or mineral is amplified with ionic potential, superimposing superior efficacy with increased cellular energy and absorption rate. One of the best applications for Shilaji is to add a drop or two into your favorite herbal tincture or foodstuff. Simply put, Shilaji makes other substances more effective. Shilaji, legit Shilaji, such as Colorado Shilaji, is the king and the supreme yoga vaha. It is the tonic that indeed towers above any other earth substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. And we are back, folks, beyond the official narrative here on Republic Broadcasting, Richard Carey and Paul Edward Stevenson. And we'll be here for the second hour as well. So, of course, a politically correct uh, speech is that which doesn't insult anyone. Okay, and that, of course, is not free speech. I mean, the only sort of relevant free speech which makes speech free is speech which could make someone uncomfortable or insulted, okay, or offended. Yeah, and 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 anything else mm. is just you know polite commentary, and it's not even expressing free speech. 
So political correctness, by definition, is uh, restricting free speech. And by the way, if anyone uh, wants to uh, call in and have take up the opportunity, okay, to insult an authentic Irishman broadcasting live from the UK past his bedtime in the second hour, please do your thoughts, Paul. Yeah, well, of course, it's not free speech. And, you know, you need to be very careful over here, uh, particularly about anything which is deemed to be uh, remotely pro-white or anti-Jewish or uh, or anything uh, too too honest or too truthful, um, or you will go to prison. And, you know, I, there, there are people that have gone to prison that I, you know, so um, for just sometimes quite innocuous things. And then, like I said, you look at what what these politicians are doing who are bought and paid for by oligarchs, wreck in Europe with the farmer situations, supporting all these wars, supporting genocide in, in, in Israel, provoking Iran, and some of the petty things that they try and, you know, drag people through the courts and imprison them simply because they want to affirm their identity or they... They, you know, they they say that immigration uh, is out of control, or um, Jews have got too much power, and they're hostile to white interests. Whatever, Richard. You know, you it's it's a complete joke that we've got free speech. It's a rigged game, and it's uh, it's very claustrophobic. You know. Yes, I mean, I think of a lot of the examples in in Germany, for example, people getting arrested for historical revisionism. You know, such as the Holocaust. I mean, you know, it's a big example. I'm wondering when it will get to the next level where even trying to say anything positive about Palestinians will be just as high a crime as denying the Holocaust, uh, questioning the Holocaust to, to, to these people in, in, with these laws in European countries now. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it, it, they're never going to stop. It's just incremental, incrementalism, Paul. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people though who are outraged in this country about uh, the Palestinian situation because this is what I mean. You can't, you can't on the one hand go out and have public support for for Israel and be, you know, hugging Netanyahu and then coming back to your uh, your your diverse voter block, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just the two are completely incompatible, and so that's why we're at an interesting crossroads. We touch on that again in the second hour. Folks, call in. We have Paul Edward Stevenson live. And we'll be back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. 
Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.